Well, Psalm 119, a love for the word is the title of the lesson this morning. A love for the word. And uh, have you ever seen people that have found their, the love of their life? And they're so, uh, so happy and, and they act silly or ridiculous because uh, they met somebody that they love. Uh, Cindy and I, we, uh, uh, when we first had an interest in one another, I remember um, I would have to drive across town from my house through her neighborhood to the church because I was going to the Christian school there at the church and, and I had no reason to go down Bridgeport Avenue other than her house was on Bridgeport Avenue. And so you could say I kind of stalked her a little bit when I had an interest. I'm like, ah. I don't remember how I got the address, but I was like, oh, I'm going to drive that. I usually didn't take that route, but it was a legitimate route. But, and uh, later on, I found out that she was stalking me, too. So she's, this crazy lady's been me down. And, uh, but she really had no reason to go to my neighborhood. She kind of went out of her way, and she, somehow she got my address. And so, uh, but we just kind of acted a little, just trying to find a little bit more about the person that we were interested in. Uh, we had a love for each other, and, and uh, listen, we would try to stay close, and, and uh, we would delight in every word that the other person said. And, and this morning, I'm going to open up just by reading verse 97. It says, Oh, oh how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Do you love the word of God? Uh, let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity Lord, to meet with your people, and Lord, really to come <clears throat> and hear from your word, and we do pray that you would do work in each and every heart this morning. I ask, Lord, that you would give each one something from your word, and it would be an encouragement and a help to them, Lord, this morning. I pray that this time would be profitable, and Lord, now we pray for your blessing upon this lesson. Lord, I pray that it all glorify and honor you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this morning we see this, it says, oh, how love I thy law. And uh, this is the kind of language the psalmist uses to describe his feelings about God's word. Oh, how love I thy law. And uh, I can't help but think of those times when Cindy and I were young and, and so interested in each other. I just wanted to be around her. I wanted everything I did really was kind of centered around her and I became her chauffeur to work, and, and I actually would leave work early so I could go pick her up from work and take her to her home. And all the while, we had our little brother chaperoning in a, a tiny Toyota pickup with a manual transmission, and he's sitting in the middle getting in the way of me trying to shift. And, and, but I just wanted to be around her. I just wanted to be with her. And, and the psalmist here, he says, oh, how love I thy law. And look what he says. It is my meditation... All the day. He just wanted to be in the Word of God. He, he wanted to be uh, memorizing and meditating. And, and I believe, and we'll just, we, can't, we don't have time to look at the whole psalm, obviously, this morning. But I want to remind you of a few things uh, that we looked last week. And, and he loved the Word of God because I believe he's experienced the faithfulness of the Word of God in his life. Uh, Thy Word is settled in heaven. He could love the Word of God because he knew these things were established and settled, and he found them to be true in his life. He was faithful unto all generations. Uh, in verse 97, it says that he was quickened. 
by the word of God or the precepts of God's word. He was renewed and made alive and encouraged by the word of God. And so I believe the psalmist, despite the afflictions that we've talked about that he's experienced and the challenges in life, and, and he could always turn to the word of God and realize how good and faithful it was. And consequently, here in verse 97, he says, Oh, how love I thy law. Boy, it's been so good to me. It's been faithful. I love that, and I want to be around it constantly, and I'm going to meditate it day and night. And, and he had come to appreciate the value of God's word so much so that he didn't take his eyes off of it. And I think in today's age, when we have more access to God's word than ever before, unfortunately, I believe it's neglected more than ever I mean, we're talking uh, a day and age when they didn't have uh, a modern printer, let alone a smartphone. I mean, you can have the Word of God right here in a second. And I think because of that, uh, oftentimes maybe we get a little bit lazy about meditating and memorizing the Word of God because we feel like it's just, we can have it right here. But I submit to you this morning, we're not guaranteed to be able to have this capability forever. Uh, If you look at things going on in the world, and and, uh, you never know what what happens when the network shuts down. People lose their mind, right? You know, if the the nipper net at work goes down, work stops on base. Not really, but for all intents and purposes, it really comes to a screeching halt. I can't email somebody, they can't email me. I can't get on the interwebs to... Everything seems to be on a SharePoint or some type of a web-based thing today. And listen, uh, are you connected to the Word of God? Um, As I was preparing for this, I I thought, you know, so oftentimes, you know, you'll be sitting there at work or something and Scripture comes to your mind. But it has to get there initially in order for that to take place. It won't miraculously just appear. And so this morning, I I just want to challenge you. Do you love God's word? Uh, If you love God's word, you ought to respond like the psalmist did is my meditation all the day. Uh, Keep the word of God close. Thank God that we do have our cell phones and we can have it right there and we can review it and and, and those things. But, But give attention to meditating and memorizing the Word of God. Uh, Listen, the psalmist, I believe he really found it so valuable because it had helped him through so much. Are you facing challenges this morning? Uh, Difficulties? Uh, Get in the Word of God, and it will help you through those things. And and this is just introductory. Uh, Listen, he can't get the truth of it out of his mind. It's his meditation all the day. It's been so faithful and so consistent and, and so needful and met the needs so often that he just loves it. And I, I don't believe at all that this was a short-term infatuation that the psalmist had. Uh, when you look at, and I believe arguably you can say Psalm 119 was written by David and and so if you look at it from that lens, it's David, you kind of understand his life and, and all the ups and downs. Talk about ups and downs in life. Being hunted by the king, King Saul, being king. I mean, I mean, those are like 
two ends of the spectrum if, if I've ever seen it before in my life. And, and so I don't believe that uh, in any case, whether it was or not, that this was just some simple infatuation. It was a long-term love for the Word of God. So much so that daily he was meditating on the things of God and, and God's Word. And, and listen, we need to make God's Word the main love of our lives. Or the first love, the first place love, if you will, of our lives. Uh, and we're going to look at four benefits of doing that this morning. It makes us wise. It'll help keep us holy. It grows our relationship with, with the Father or with the Lord. And it guides our hatred of sin, if you will, as you'll see there in the last verse in this. So let's finish reading this uh, stanza here. We'll, we'll read verse 97 down through 104. It says, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Uh, God's word makes us wise. Uh, listen, one, one uh, effect of, of studying the word of God and meditating on God's word daily is thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than my enemies. The psalmist found it to be so that he was increased in wisdom because of his investment in God's word. Um, when, you think of, in, when you think of David and when he's running from Saul, how often did he lean upon the wisdom of God's word? And it kept him on track. It kept him from taking Saul's life and honoring the king, if you will. Uh, and Listen, God's word will make us wise. It says, for they are with me. Uh, the faithfulness of God's word. It's ever with us, and it's unchangeable. It will always lead us. And listen, we live in a fast-moving uh, world. Excuse me, I'm scratching my neck. It's picked up. I apologize. Uh, we live in a, a world that's just fast-moving with information. And facts, or, or what, at least what people present as facts. And uh, listen, yet oftentimes the ability to make good decisions lacks. Right? There's so much information and, and so much stuff, and, and you want to try to make an informed decision uh, and, and make a good decision. And boy, those good decisions seem to lag far behind. Uh, we see bad decisions every day. And, uh, and listen, we need to be in the Word of God to get the wisdom that we need in order to respond in our society. Uh, there's a lot of stuff presented every day. Not just in our age, it's been throughout history where the people of God are, are faced with decisions and, and information and, and they have to make a decision and sometimes they have to take a stand on the word of God. And listen, if we don't know it, how are we going to make those decisions? How are we going to take that stand? And listen, it's not taking a stand just to take a stand and be ugly. It's to take a stand because it's truth, and it's right. 
Uh, and listen, we ought to be doing that in a loving way uh, as much as possible. But listen, as much as lies within us, we ought to be living peaceably. Uh, it's not just about confrontation and frustration, but listen, the Word of God can give us wisdom. His commandments will make us wiser than our enemies. Not that our politicians or those people that make legislation in our nation are our enemies, uh, but sometimes it would seem that way, how contrary to what the people, you know, that we, they're, they're supposed to be representing and the decisions they make, and it feels like they're our enemies. But, but listen, we need to uh, understand the Word of God so that we can be wise and engage with those people that are making decisions on our behalf. But really, in America anyway. Uh, listen, as, as we move closer to God's way and his word, we will move further away from this foolishness. Right? The, 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 the contrast between the things of this world and, and, and the word of God are growing, growing, growing uh, farther and farther. It's just getting such a greater contrast every day. And we see it in, in America probably like never before uh, in, in our day today. Um, I know people have been saying that for years, but um, this journey really begins at salvation, right? When we hear the word of God and, and uh, we get the initial wisdom. 2 Timothy 3.15 says this, And that from a child thou hast known the, the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so it really all begins there at salvation. And the process of becoming wise uh, begins with hearing the scriptures and realizing uh, that we are separated from God because of our sin and we respond in faith and we can receive Christ. And, but God is the source of wisdom. Uh, he really truly is. And so we must be connected to him to make good decisions. Uh, connected to him through his word, connected through, through salvation in Christ. And uh, God has preserved the truth for us in this book. And last week we looked at that forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And we can find confidence in that, in knowing that we have the truth and it's there for us to draw upon and, and to find confidence and, and hope for years and years to come. For thousands of years, we've had this book. He keeps it available so we can filter through the foolishness of this world from our thinking. Right? And, and listen, it, if we're not careful, we can be inundated with foolishness. Uh, and sometimes that come across as good. It, it's coming from sources that you would think that would be in line with the Word of God. From, from churches and, and from people that proclaim or, or make the claim that they're a person of God, a man of God. And, and, but when you look at what they're saying, if you know the Scriptures, you'll understand it doesn't line up. But listen, if you're not in the Word yourself... You're not going to have the wisdom to know the difference. And so we need to be in God's word. And um, <clears throat> Wisdom is, is really a two-sided sword. It can cut through the foolishness in every direction. Right? God's word is, is a two-sided sword, I should say. <clears throat> and listen, if we're going to be soldiers in God's army, we ought to be wielding this sword. Uh, if, if you want to be a good soldier, we ought to have this sword, and we should keep it at the ready in every circumstance. It's a spiritual battle. We need a spiritual instrument. We need a spiritual weapon to help us through these things. And, 
and, and to discern and, and to figure out how we ought to conduct ourselves. Uh, there will not be one day in life when you will not need the sword of the Spirit. It's necessary every day. And so if we are neglecting it, uh, we're not going to have the wisdom that we need. Uh, <clears throat> we need it for work. We need it for school. We need it in our homes. We certainly need it in the church. I don't think anybody would argue that. You know, you're here, but listen, how often do we neglect it in the other areas? And we look to our own wisdom and, our, and to our own selves or some humanistic thought on it rather than looking to the Word of God in those matters. Uh, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll allow separation of church and state to take root in our lives. That's foolishness. And, and so listen, we need God's Word in every aspect of life. And, and uh, <clears throat> look at what it says in verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. It's an interesting thought there. In verse 100 says this, in, in the first part it says, I understand more than the ancients. He can say this, believe, because he meditated and applied the word of God. Look what the latter part of verse 99 says. For thy testimonies are my meditation. He's, this wasn't just something I'm just, I'm better than those teachers or I understand more than those teachers because I'm just smarter. He said, no, because I've meditated in the word of God. In God's testimonies, in verse, the latter part of verse 100 says, because I keep thy precepts. So he understands more than the ancients because he's meditated on the things of God and he's applying the things of God, the precepts of God in his life. And so he can have confidence that he has a superior wisdom to these teachers or these ancients, the know-it-alls, because he's meditated on God's word and he's applied it to his life. Many of us in this room this morning probably know God's word. But how much of it are we applying to our lives? On a daily basis in all areas of life. Not just when we come to church. That's a given, right? We, we put on the show at least that we are applying God's word to our life. But, but as we go to work, um, I, uh, there was a, a captain um, the other day, so I worked, so I, I think I mentioned this a little bit briefly uh, a few weeks ago, but I took a position temporarily, and then I, I, I was removed from that position because the senior came back. Well, the senior is now gone, and so I'm back in that position, and so I was working for a captain. Now I'm going to be working for the major, and, and the captain, he was in his office, and the lights were all out, and it was dark in there, and I could just see the glow of his screen. And I went in there and I said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And he like looked at me and it was in kind of the context of what we were talking about. He thought I was crazy. Um, but listen, are we incorporating God's word in all aspects of our life? Or do we just use it as a tag thing to fit in at church? Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Some people think we're crazy because we come to church four times a week. But the reality is, four-ish hours a week? The psalmist says, it is my meditation all the day. 
he's taken the Word of God and he's incorporated it into his entire day, every day of his life, I believe. And he's learned through experience that it is profitable and good and therefore he loves it. Every teaching we hear must be measured by God's revelation of truth. By his revealed word that he's given us. Every teaching, regardless of the status or the education level of the teacher. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many, not just some, not just a couple, but many false prophets are gone out into the world. There are those that are trying to deceive and to destroy We need to measure everything against the Word of God. But if we don't have the Word of God in us, we cannot do that. I can't emphasize that enough. You will not understand error if you don't have truth. And so you must love God's Word enough to be meditating on it all the day. The word translated in in understanding in verse 99, sakal, It refers to right action resulting from right knowledge. It's a deeper meaning of just understanding something, but but we might call it prudence today. Um, It says God's word applied in God's way. You might say, understanding. I have more understanding than all my teachers. He's able to conduct himself in a better way a more godly way, if you will, because he has the Word of God and he's applied it to his life. And now he's living the Word of God. The Word of God can keep us holy. It will help us. Look at verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. God's word keeps us on the path of righteousness. Uh, It keeps us oriented as we walk through confusing circumstances. Uh, Few experiences really kind of disturb me as much as being lost. Anybody ever been lost? And I'm not just talking like, oh, I'm not sure where I'm at. I'm talking like I have no clue and I'm in trouble if I don't figure this out. And kind of a, uh, it's a very unnerving feeling and uh, one time when I was in Korea, I actually, in Korea, I traveled a lot. Um, I was down in Daegu, but there were five other locations that we traveled to, uh, to, do, to do work at. And, and so we were on the road a lot. And so one uh, night, a coworker and I, uh, we were done with work and we were going to go get something to eat. And so he wanted to go somewhere and it was, we were in Suwon and he wanted to go somewhere kind of on the edge of Seoul and there was a train. So, and I didn't, I honestly was just following his lead. I was like, okay, you know where to go. I'll, I'll go with you. And so we get on this train. It takes us somewhere. We get off this train. We walk a few blocks. We go into this, you know, hole in the wall. And if you've ever been to Korea, you've seen a hole in the wall. And they'll make it a restaurant. And uh, so we go there and we, we eat amongst uh, the less than, than clean environment, delicious food. The dirtier the restaurant, the better the food is usually. But anyway. So we eat this, and so we make our way back to the restaurant, or to the, to the train station. And the trains are done for the night. 
And there was no trains running. We were like, uh-oh. And I had no idea how to get back. Absolutely none. I wasn't sure which direction was north or south or definitely not east or west. In my mind, I've seen the, the country of South Korea on a map, and so I kind of had a clue. Seoul's in this area. Suwon's not far, but I really couldn't, you know, I had no idea really where I was. But thankfully, in the train station, there was a map. And so that map kind of allowed us to orient ourselves so we had an idea, and we just started walking. And uh, that map, that image of the map kind of guides you along the way. That's what the Word of God does for us. Uh, it's, it's a reference that we can always go to to guide us through whatever circumstances. Now, in that situation, we ended up finding a cab, and, you know, everybody in South Korea knows if you say air base, okay, you know, we can, we can take these Air Force idiots to where they need to go. And uh, so uh, we ended up making it back safely. And, but listen, uh, the reference of the map, if it wasn't for that, we would have had no clue. And the word of God is like that. We need to be in the word of God to find the reference point in the right direction we can go. And he says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way. How did he know it was an evil way? The word of God. Those are things that we should not participate in or we should avoid. Uh, David had many strange detours in life, right? But in Psalm 23, in verse 3, he says this, He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David knew that he could trust his God to guide him. The word of God is our guide, and, and uh, <clears throat> we grow in our love for God's laws as they lead us safely on the path. You know, as I've uh, looked back at, there's a song, I, I don't remember if it's the Clark or one of those singing families they sing, probably all of them sing the same song, but, uh, but it talks about how they've missed some things. And it goes on and talks about all the heartache and the, the, the frustrations and the challenges of life that other people have faced because their God in the book has kept them. Uh, there are things that I did not experience in this life because I just followed God's word. Just me and Cindy. I love her to death. Been faithful to her for almost 20 years now. And that saved us and our marriage and our children from a lot of heartache. Listen, I have refrained my feet from every evil way. And he says that, that I might keep thy word. The psalmist had a desire to keep the word of God in his life. And I believe it's because he had a relationship with his God. There are things that I do not do in my home and in my marriage because I don't want it to hinder my relationship with Cindy. And the psalmist says, listen, I have refrained from some things because I want to keep God's word. I want to have a good relationship with my God. Don't let me... Don't forget, I didn't forget, I'm trying to not let you forget. Don't forget that this is a man that if we look at these previous stanzas has gone through troubles, afflictions. 
Yet he's wanting to conduct himself in such a way that would honor his God's word because he doesn't want to hinder that relationship. It's not based on circumstance. It's not based on anything other than a relationship with his God. He's not going to do the right thing because things are going good right now. He's not going to switch it up and start doing the right thing because trials started coming in life, so I better fix a few things. No, he's honestly walking with his God and he wants a right relationship with him all the time. He is committed to keeping the things of the word of God because of the relationship. We love him because he first loved us, if you will. He wants to maintain that relationship. The psalmist restricted himself from things in order to attend the things of God's word. He restricted himself. He refrained. Uh, That word there means to restrict, to prohibit, to forbid. I think restrained kind of sums it up. But thank you, Strongs, for helping me there. Listen, there are things that we ought not allow in our lives if we're going to keep the word of God. We can call them standards, convictions, whatever you want to call them. But there are things that we ought to not allow to take place if we want to truly walk with our God and to keep his word. And I'll just leave it at this this morning. When God speaks to you and says, hey, this ain't good, that's time to quit. We don't need to write a rule book. The Holy Spirit will do that for us in our lives. And and listen, don't question it. It's for your good. Our society doesn't really like the idea of refraining from things today. It's just do whatever you want, do whatever feels good at the time or the moment. That's not biblical. We ought to be restrained. God's word can keep us holy. I've refrained my feet from every evil way. You're going to know it's evil because the word of God's going to teach you that. That I keep thy word. Are you today? Are you allowing things in your life that are hindering you from keeping the word of God? We, listen, we have to walk circumspectly. We need to be careful in this area. It's, it's a serious matter when we overindulge in things, which is funny because I'm going to talk about overindulging here in a few moments, but if I get there, we might have to finish this one next week. Listen, the word of God will deepen our relationship with him. Look at verse 102. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. Boy, he's learned some things. Whatever God speaks happens. You believe that? We see that in the account of creation in Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light. And there was light. Right? When God says that. And who remembers in uh, John, I believe it's chapter 21, and we read about the seasoned fishermen 
We're talking men that are fishers. Not just like me that just grabs a pole and has no idea really what he's doing. Hopefully Brett can hook me up with the right lure and I can figure this thing out here. But um, these are seasoned fishermen that know what they're doing. And they've toiled all night. And the word of God tells us they've caught nothing. And Jesus comes along and says, hey, why don't you cast out on the right side? You know, the discord, ah, we've been toiling, ah. Well, bottom line is they cast that thing out and what happens? They catch more fish than they can carry. When God speaks, things happen. And I believe that. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says that we should not primarily be concerned about money, food, or clothes, and the such. Right? And we sing the song in verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Those words have the same power that God used to create the universe. That Jesus used for them fishers to catch that big draw of fishes. These words are effective. As we hear and obey the word of God, we will love him more and more. When we experience God and are taught by his word, we will grow closer in a relationship with him. Do you believe that this morning? That when God says that you don't have to concern yourself with these things, if you just seek me, I'll take care of all that. But how often on a practical basis do we do the opposite? Do we sidetrack ourselves with seeking after those things that the Gentiles seek, as the scripture says there? We consume ourselves with trying to solve all the problems, to provide for our families, to provide for our wives and our children, or, or to make sure that the house is taken care of, or whatever the circumstance might be. We consume ourselves with it. And God just says, seek me first. And all those things, and listen, I've learned that this last couple of weeks, we just got to keep our focus where it ought to be, and everything else will line up. God knows how to take care of all those other things. Listen, we can grow in a greater relationship with our God if we would not depart from his judgments. And he could teach us some things. And we can be encouraged and strengthened. The psalmist writes in verse 103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. My favorite dessert is cheesecake. And if I'm not careful, I'll get gluttonous about it. So Cindy has a cheesecake recipe, and I think we counted it up, and this smaller size cheesecake was well over 2,000 calories. And if I'm not careful, I'll sit down and eat the whole thing. In one sitting, I'll eat so much to the point where I get sick to my stomach. Gluttony. What a terrible thing, but listen, how I wish my spiritual taste buds would learn to desire the word of God like that. Bite after bite, can't get enough. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, she's sweeter than honey to my mouth. I believe the psalmist saying this because he's developed such a great relationship with his God. 
that the more he understands the word of God and the more he applies the word of God, the, grow, the closer he grows to his, to his God and the, the sweeter it gets. Unlike my uh, experience with cheesecake, we'll never get feasting on the truth of God's word. Never get sick to your stomach, so to speak, of, of feasting on the word of God. Uh, it, it really is... Uh, Kind of like the, the sweet taste of your favorite dessert with the nutritional benefits of the vegetables. You can't go wrong feasting on the Word of God. Because as you do so, and as you make application of it, and as you live the Word of God in your life, you will grow closer and closer into a sweeter relationship with God. Because you've refrained from some things to keep the Word. And it just gets sweeter and sweeter. As we experience God through obeying his word, we grow into that deeper relationship with him. We begin to experience God for ourselves, and this develops a greater understanding of how God works in our lives personally. When you apply those principles to your life and you see how God personalizes it for you, how can you not but gain a greater love for it and desire it at a deeper level than ever before? Because you've seen how faithful and true and good it is. And it guides a hatred for sin. Verse 104. We might just finish this this morning. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. I believe we're rightly told to hate the sin and love the sinner. Uh, listen, a mother cannot love her child necessarily like she ought to if she doesn't hate those things that would destroy her child. Cindy would not care for me to throw our children around when they were young. You know that, Dan? You huck them across the room, your friend catches them. Cindy's like, why? Because she loves that baby. And all she can see is a face plant of an infant. And she's like, don't do that. But sometimes as an unwise young man, I would throw the baby anyway. But through God's precepts, we get understanding and we can hate every false way. Uh, God hates sin because it destroys the people he loves. Uh, in the end, we understand that he will pour out his wrath and, and deal with sin. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but according to Jesus, people hate God's word because it will reveal their sin oftentimes. Jesus says this in John chapter 3 and verse 20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Nobody likes to be pointed out as, as the sinner. And uh, listen this morning. Uh, because our fallen nature, we hate truth that exposes our sins. But I'm telling you this morning, we can get an understanding of that, and we can understand that we can hate those false ways. And the word of God will guide us and direct us in the right ways. <clears throat> Psalm 97.10 says this, Yet that you're ye that love the Lord hate evil. Look what it says here. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Listen, we uh, that love the Lord or claim to love the Lord ought to hate evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, 
lest his deeds should be reproved. We understand a greater, or we get a greater understanding as we learn the precepts of God and we can understand the false ways that are out there. He can guide us and direct us. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that this was an encouragement. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to use it to strengthen the believers. Lord, I pray that you would help us to grow in our love for the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen.